Let these guys start your mornings off right. The starters with Salikas, Trinidue, and Alfieri. TSN 690. Salikas out today. It's Alfieri and Trinidue with you till 9 o'clock. I uh, just want to clean something up because we had a texter who made a very good point. And as an F1 guy, I'm a little ashamed that I didn't come up with this. I just didn't link these two events together. Mm. Uh, but clearly, it does make sense. We have somebody who says uh, F1 is in town in Miami. They don't want to go head-to-head with the qualifying and the race. And I've covered many of those uh, mm-hmm. Montreal does Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, they're a doozy to cover. They're not easy. Uh, and by 6.30, puck drop tomorrow night uh, in my in Florida at sunrise, the race it will be over. Obviously, if you do it today, uh, you'll go head-to-head with uh, qualifying, the parties, and all that stuff. So uh, that's why it's gone to Sunday night because of Formula One. That makes a lot more sense than your Kentucky Derby. I like my horse Kentucky Derby theory better. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, you know, I have plans. I can't, uh, (laughs) my team can't play the owner of the Panthers. Yeah, I can't play the game. No, uh, that's what it is. It's definitely the Formula One that they don't want to go head-to-head with, and I certainly understand why. All right. Uh, It's a pleasure to welcome to the show. We'll shift gears a little bit here, talk some Montreal Canadiens with the uh, Montreal Bureau reporter for TSN, Kenzie Lalonde. Kenzie, what's going on? How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? You sound way more awake than we do, and it is. Uh, we've been uh, up and at it. Uh, we've been on the radio since seven. Uh, we're good. We appreciate you doing this. And uh, before we get into the Canadian storylines and the lottery and all that fun stuff, uh, this was your first full year on the Canadians beat, right? It was. So yes. what? You, so break it down for me. Like, what do you think? What works? What doesn't work? Like, what you what you make of the whole experience? <laughs> It was a whirlwind. It, it happened quite quickly for, for me personally. So luckily I got here right when the whole open, opener all started. So I had the lovely Mark Masters to accompany <laughs> me for game one, the home opener against the Leafs. And well, my, oh my, that was kind of a great way to just get my feet running in terms of understanding what the environment could be like at the Bell Center and really seeing firsthand the fan base in an arena like that and, and the energy that comes with being, you know, an ultimate Canadians fan. So it was, I couldn't have asked for a better first day of work, if you will, in that way. And then, yeah, it, it was a good season. I think, you know, I had a good chance to, to speak with Arvin Basu towards the end of, of the season, because again, this was my first NHL run at it. And just, of course, it's not the results that, that, that the group would have wanted overall, but the energy and, and the joy for the future was really prevalent all season long. And you have to think that really starts with Marty St. Louis. We had a good chat about it. And I kind of just shared that, you know, despite all these losses, you know, this energy, it's exciting. And he had kind of mentioned, yeah, in quite some time, this was one of the more enjoyable seasons, if you will, to, to cover with the team because something is uh, is, is on the horizon. It's, it's exciting. And that's kind of rare when, you know, this, uh, a team so close to the bottom, if you will. So I think to take away from just, you know, the environment that, that every day brought to, to work and, and the culture in the room and, and hearing Marty St. Louis and his outstanding puns and analogies every day was always, you never know uh, what that press conference uh, would be like. And so every day just kind of got better and I got a little more comfortable and I was able to, you know, hang photos and every day get my own apartment a little more settled um, <laughs> despite kind of being on the road quite a bit with women's hockey and the world juniors and all that. So a little bit of in and out all year long, but when I could uh, get a, a few, you know, about a week consistently with the Habs, it, um, it made for an exciting, exciting season ahead next year. Yeah. I, I was on the beat for, for radio here for a couple of years and it's, it's, you know, it's a great way to learn the, you know, you learn on the job quite a bit. I just, at one point, like those scrums, like, 
like you've been in those scrums now. Um, you also have the camera to worry about. Uh, shout out to uh, Wayne, your camera guy. Um, but um, like, it, it's just I've been like bunched up with a bunch of sweaty people for way too long. And like, there's just by the end of the season, you're just like, I, I, I can't do the scrums. I need like a three month break in the summer. Did you feel the same way about your colleagues? You want to get away from them? Yeah, it, I, <laughs> yeah. The first week, I had to tell Wayne. I said, "Hey, man, you didn't tell me I should have been like doing an arm workout before I got here. Like, I needed some serious upper body strength to get to this point to hold the hold the pole to uh, have that mic flag out there with enough reach because it's incredible. And yeah, the the, the scrums, the way the players are able to compose themselves is outstanding because it is certainly an intimidating environment to have that number of cameras and, and microphones uh, in your face on a daily basis. So the way the players can can um, handle that is, is truly outstanding. And Wayne St. Germain, I'm lucky he has the height. He's a tall he man, so I can just kind of nuzzle my way in, in front. So I do have uh, have that luxury. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was a good reminder. I had a chance to go and, and do an Ottawa Senators game and just, you know, thought there's not as much media there. The ability to, to just go up to, to DJ Smith and kind of strike the conversation is is, um, is available as opposed to what the environment could be like within the uh, the Canadians uh, morning skate format. So it was a it was a good reminder just on how each team and each market can be a little different when you are a reporter. And um, yeah, just uh, it's a beast that you know Canadians fans, the media, it's a whole other world. And I'm just I'm grateful to be a part of it. And uh, I can't believe it's already a season in the books. And now we're talking draft lottery. No kidding. It's, yeah. it's just been moving a little too fast. I think. No kidding. Yeah. And for those who don't know, so Wayne Saint Germain is the camera guy over at TSN. Very tall individual, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh, very questionable food takes, uh, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, all right. He she's... loves a good. He loves a good old fashioned though. So yeah, I'll he always, does. He does. I'll always put him on a pedestal because of that. <laughs> uh, she's Kenzie Lalonde uh, from TSN joining us on the starters on TSN six ninety. Just before we jump into the Habs, uh, Kenzie, there's a text message coming in here at eleven six ninety from one of our uh, loyal show listeners, Pat and Dorval, who says, tell Kenzie she did a great job at the U18 AAA Women's, the voice of women's hockey. So you're getting some love uh, on the text message board uh, as well. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's crazy. We just finished, wrapped up Women's World actually not too long ago. Canada, unfortunately, fell short to the United States, but it was a an outstanding run and uh we did about 24 games in 11 days it was a serious grind but so much fun and uh yeah it's uh we'll see now we're actually right in the middle of of qmjhl playoffs so i got that game next we'll pick up the series on tsn uh towards the the final round there so i'm actually on the dock here to watch some moose heads and uh And Sherbrooke this weekend. So that's what's actually kind of next before Monday for me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, so let, let's go into, I want to transition here to, to the Canadians and actual hockey news. So I, I'm curious, like, where are you at with the Cole Caulfield situation? Like, do you think he's more likely to sign eight years? Is he more likely to sign, you know, a five-year deal that'll take him straight to free agency? Are you thinking bridge here? Like, the longer this goes, what's your feeling on that situation? Yeah, you know, it was interesting uh, to hear him kind of after the the post-media scrums at the end of the season. He kind of did speak to the fact that he hasn't really played a full season yet, which was kind of interesting to, to hear him say that in a way. Um, but I think on a greater scale of things, you're investing in potential. And that's kind of the way contracts are done nowadays, which is which is interesting and harder. And he's a player, I think... I, I do believe we'll come out with a deal around the seven-year-ish time frame 
you know, I think logist, I think that's what he would want. I think he'd want to stay here, but I don't know. I'm not Cole Caulfield. I don't know if what's more important to him, uh, the, the value or, or is he looking for years? Like what's more important to him for his timeline. So I think that's probably one of the main things he's probably wanting to figure out himself personally. Those are the conversations I'm sure he's having with his agent, just the length of time and makes sense for him the most. But my assumption, you go off of, you know, the forward team at Boldy, I think that's a great contract to, to look at in terms of length. And my assumption, again, would maybe be around that seven-year marker, you know, seven a year or 49, 45 to 49 million overall. Like, that's kind of where I put his potential contract. But I, I am surprised it's gotten to this point. I thought maybe this would have been done a little earlier, uh, just before trade deadline. Um, but uh, uh, here we are yet again going into to the lottery I think before you know I'd like to see this solved before the, the the draft I think that would be the ideal timeline in in my mind but um yeah I think the big question is how long what's his ideal length and and to me I think that around that seven years to be here alongside Nick Suzuki for a similar time frame would, would bode well for him and again he's a franchise player and, and what he brings to the table and the kind of guy he is off the ice so I think it would be great for for the fan base for the team and for him i think length would would help him uh in terms of just continuing to build his marketability as his as his career progresses yeah i'm just curious like to me is the austin matthews contract the trend you know like guys that are going to walk that want to walk straight into free agency you know we've seen that in the nba we've seen that in a lot of other professional leagues uh hockey guys we know they seem to be a little bit more loyal more willing to stay in one place for the most part until they're traded um but th- that's just what fascinates me in all of this is you know he clearly loves montreal wants to be here and just because you can walk right to free agency out of your next contract doesn't mean you're going to leave it just means that you know you'll get You'll get the benefit of a higher. I'm assuming, Kenzie, the salary cap's going to go up at some point. Uh, so maybe you get more money than you would if you lock into a long term deal. I don't know. That's kind of just what I'm wrestling right now. I'm, I'm not sure if the Matthews contract is going to become the standards with elite young players. Yeah, I think maybe we'll see it based on what comes out of Cole's final decision and what that deal is stricken there. I mean, he's still so young, so there is that element to things. Uh, maybe the the you know a, a longer contract would be of interest to him but um i guess time will tell we'll we'll see in terms of how things continue to go i mean robertson's deal himself i think what is he four years about that yeah uh, it's the so, seven eight range yeah yeah so you know i think the contract world changing to bode well to, to, to what you were saying in terms of being able to have a little more leniency towards the end based on your, your time frame that you're signing for but Again, I think these are things that I'd like to sit down with with an agent and really pick their brains on how the world's really shifting in, in this capacity with the salary cap going up next year in particular. That's uh, Kenzie Lalonde from TSN joining us on the starters on TSN 690 with Al Fury and Trenton Dewey. Dave? Hey, Kenzie. Uh, I just want to ask you quickly about Uri Slavkovsky, right? His uh, season was cut short due to injury, just 39 games. But in those games, what did you see in him and what did you think of his uh, rookie season? Yeah, what a year for him. I you know, there's we earlier today we were working on some stuff for, for the draft lottery on Monday and working through rosters and you forget who's been out for so long and you're I thought we and talking draft, you can't not think of him. I think yeah, I think for him to have a chance to kind of move up and down the lineup was probably good just to see where he fits with other players. I mean, we know his height, his ability to shoot is there. I am interested to see what he can do next year in terms of playing consistent. I think having the leadership of Marty St. Louis and having the the pressure off of of not wanting to make a, a you know mistake is 
really critical for a player like him that is still so young, who really, you know, only did did about the year in Finland. His true year, you know, stance of of playing pro hockey is is quite limited. So I think there's still, you know, over the next couple of years, like still an excellent opportunity for growth for him. I think that first year probably didn't go how he would have planned, whether, you know, injury aside, but I think there's a lot more he wants to prove to himself and, and to the group and what he can bring to the table. But I think it'll be unlocked and I, next year will be a critical year for seeing how that's possible. Um, but I think just making better, you know, quicker decisions and stuff that'll come with time and he has a foundational skill set. So I think this will just be a natural growth for him. Maybe it might take a little longer than he would have hoped, but um, I'm, int- I'm very excited to see him in training camp next year. And, you know, maybe he's jumped, you know, 10 steps ahead. We, we don't know. So I'm excited to see what's in store for, for his path next year. All right, Kenzie, finally tell me where the uh, Canadians draft pick lines on Monday night. <laughs> Do you have the script? Oh, would that be nice? The ultimate <laughs> inside take of all of this. Oh man, it would just be outstanding to see Carter Bernard put on that. You know, come to Montreal, like back to back first overall picks. That would be outstanding. Um, having you know, just to getting to know Carter a little bit at World Juniors, he really does have that team first mentality. It is so talented. You could tell he's just eager to play at the next level. Like. You know, he's, he's closed his book on his junior career, and he's just ready to get things going. And I think Montreal would be a great place for him. Like, you know, I'd lo- love to see him work with, like, Kirby Doc or, you know, Cole Caulfield, even Josh Anderson. Thinking of where he could be in this lineup would be pretty spectacular. Um, but even if you do pick fifth overall, I, you know, I'm sure, you know, you want who's best available. Leo Carlson, the young Swedish defender, really stood out to me at World Juniors. He'd be a great fit. But, hey, if you can add a guy named Will Smith, your lineup I think that's pretty cool (laughs) and he's a talented forward that I think has a lot of great potential so wherever the 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 Canadians land you know I'm cool with fifth but I think if we can get closer to the top why not um you know all you need is is chance right that's all it comes down to so so we'll see but uh you know bad for Bernard we'll see it's all be decided on Monday if it all if it all pans out we appreciate you taking the time, Kenzie. Thanks for doing this, and uh, have a great call of uh, of the World Juniors, and uh, we look forward to watching you on Monday night. Thanks, guys. See you later. Have a good one. That's uh, Kenzie Lalonde of TSN, uh, kind enough to join us on the show this morning. Uh, Kenzie, outstanding uh, in her first season. Hey, listen, replacing John Liu, that's some big shoes to fill. No you know, kidding. I Kenzie did a great job, and uh, like uh, like uh, Pat and Dorval mentioned, uh, she does a great job on uh, play-by-play as well. She's been doing uh, that for a number of years too, so uh, shout-out to Kenzie uh, for all the great work. Um, yeah, we'll see where it lands on Monday night. I think there's some coverage on TSN 690 as mm-hmm. well. I believe Gallo and Still yes. uh, will be on the air uh, wall-to-wall breaking down the lottery and uh, how it pans out. It's just it's funny, like, watch World Juniors. You know, watch a little bit of uh, U18 that's been going on that was going on here in the last over the last couple of weeks. It just it seems like you have four forwards who are well, you have five forwards who are consensus top five mm-hmm. according to the experts, which always kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> um, but the fifth one is Michkov, and we know that he's under contract in the KHL till 2026. Do you roll the dice on a guy like that when you're drafting in the top five? Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can do that. Uh, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you know, with with a later pick, maybe, you know, even if it was your second first-round pick and you're picking 15th and you really believe in him, I mean, that's different than picking him at number five. But it just seems like that number five spot, 
because now you've got you know you've got Bedard, you've got Fantilli, Will Smith, mm-hmm. um, who Kenzie mentioned. Uh, you have Leo Carlson, who we saw at the World Juniors with Team Sweden as well, who's another big forward. But then it seems like there's a little bit of a drop off at five if you don't put Michkov in that mix. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but the draft lottery goes. Monday night, will the Canadians get Connor Bedard? Will the city melt down if that oh happens? Oh my goodness. I mean, Can you imagine? No, I cannot. I, I would love to see it. It's yeah. a great storyline, uh, but that would be uh, that would absolutely be wild. All right. It's the starters on TSN 690. Alfieri trying to do it with you till 9. Salikis is coming on at 835. Uh, and uh, we'll talk uh, a lot of things. I think he's going to want to vent about his Lakers. We'll talk about Kotkaniemi and was it the right call. The people still texting in uh, based on what we were talking about uh, for the opening segment. Uh, we have text message at 11690. Just like Lafreniere, Doc, Kotkaniemi, Slavkovsky, 18-year-olds should not be in the NHL. It's very, it's a very rare talent that can do it successfully. Canadians gave up too early and poorly managed Kotkaniemi. That's Andrew from the West Island uh, who texted that in at 11.690. Listen, we'll get Simon's take. We'll see what he has to say after Kakanyemi scored two goals, mm-hmm. laid out Nico Heischer last night. Uh, but the world of baseball was at it again. There you go. We're getting all this positive press, Dave. The World Baseball Classic. People were paying attention. And there was a couple incidents involving Tampa Bay Rays players this week that showed that baseball is still governed by the no-fun police. We'll get into those stories next on TSN 690. The hardest part is getting started. Except for here. The starters on your home for sports in Montreal. TSN 690.